this is uh, part three of a three-part webinar series, unless we decide to add another uh, part here. Um, so far in the series, we have defined the cost of neglecting a culture of knowledge sharing and really dug into what knowledge sharing is at its core and why it is important. We talked about some of the tactical aspects of creating and motivating a culture of knowledge sharing, like how to identify and overcome objections and practice within your sphere of influence to promote that culture. If you miss them, no worries. Uh, if you registered with the Calendly link, a recording of all three webinar recordings will be sent out after today's session. And of course, you could always just send us a message in the chat and we'll be sure to email you uh, when it's over. So today I'm going to be your host. My name is Chris Buttonham and I am the founder and CEO of Obi. And I am attempting to fill the shoes of Kristen Barker today while she's out on personal matters. Um, and we're wishing her uh, well. I'm also joined today by Dan Prilieva, who is on the OB team and will be helping me out with technical and emotional support as needed. Uh, thanks for joining, Dan. Hey, thanks for having me. And if, in case you're not familiar, OB is the secret weapon that helps every knowledge worker in your organization find the right answers quickly and easily, all within your normal working environments or apps. With OB, you can empower more people across your teams to get the right answers fast. So quick agenda for today. Uh, we're gonna just quickly recap uh, what is and why knowledge sharing is important. We're going to talk about the role of technology very briefly to set the stage, uh, the good and the bad. And then we're going to spend most of the time uh, doing sort of a demo um, of, of both OB in action and, and hopefully talking more agnostically about how you can use any technology within uh, your existing stack uh, or stack that you're evaluating perhaps um, to promote a culture of knowledge sharing. And then hopefully we will save some time at the end to answer any questions that you might have. So let's dig right in. So why prioritize a culture of knowledge sharing? Uh, well, because without one, the bottom line is that there's a loss of time and productivity. Right. And this might be obvious throughout the series, we've quantified that and, and talked about that at length. Uh, but remember, it is one thing to have knowledge and documentation, your organization or team may be already doing a great job at this, but it's not effective without that culture in place. Before the shift to remote companies could get away with this for a lot longer product problems and bottlenecks are amplified with, of course, everyone working from home. And a study conducted by Gallup found that organizations with highly engaged employees actually outperform, outperform competitors with less engaged workers by a vast margin of 147%. So obviously this is a problem uh, worth talking about. So we talked about this definition earlier on in the seri series. Uh, knowledge management is a business philosophy. It is an emerging set of principles, processes, organizational structures, and technology applications that help people share and leverage their knowledge to meet their business objectives. So the key word here, again, being business objectives, right? You need to align on the proper incentives in place in order to be successful in enabling a culture of knowledge sharing. Fostering a culture of knowledge sharing is about making knowledge sharing the norm. And we're going to talk about some tactical ways you can incorporate technology into that. Uh, but it's about shaping not only our thinking, but also our behavior and perception of our business environment, creating that paradigm that we've mentioned a lot in this series. 
And it starts with the individual. So whether you're the CEO, the mid-level manager, an intern practicing within your sphere of influence will encourage others to do the same. And this is one of the most you know, challenging things to really get, uh, get across within organizations. Um, asking questions, listening feedback, sharing knowledge and information, know how and know why, uh, and asking someone to work with you are all things you can do to achieve this. Fundamentally, sharing is about being more open in your way of work and in your relationships with other people. So the role of technology. Some people may argue that you don't need technology to implement knowledge management systems and processes. And to some extent, they're right, because fundamentally, knowledge management is about people, not technology. Very, very important. That's why we spent two parts of this series talking about that. But we believe there's absolutely no way you can share knowledge effectively within an organization without using technology, even a small organization, never mind a large geog geographically dispersed one, which you know, a lot of us are seeing today with um, you know, the wake of the pandemic and remote and hybrid work. So technology plays a crucial transformational role and is a key part of changing the corporate culture to a knowledge sharing one. In many ways, it is technology that has made knowledge sharing a reality. In the past, it's actually been impossible to share knowledge and work collaboratively with co-workers around the globe. But of course, today, that's very much a reality. It's not all good, though, and we're going to hopefully talk about these and, and show you how you can leverage technology to overcome some of these hurdles. Um, but uh, let's go through a couple of them here. So information overload, right? I'm sure this will come as no surprise. Um, information is dispersed all over the organization, and uh, it's difficult to uh, you know, find the forest through the trees, so to speak. Technology can also create division. So what I mean by this is sometimes we can get in arguments over information and knowledge online, maybe not surprising to some. Um, and so it's challenging to create trust around that knowledge and information. And we can tell you how you can leverage technology to overcome this. And of course, a lot of time wasting. There's lots of arguments around, you know, we don't need yet another tool, um, another system in place. And so uh, this is something you really want to keep in mind when adopting technology. But if implemented well, and if people are trained and educated in its use, knowledge sharing technology is good, and we believe it even can be great. Not only can you find the information and knowledge you need quickly and effectively, but you can post your knowledge on a knowledge management system, for example, and everyone within the organization now has access, be they at their, the next desk to, uh, beside you or on the other side of the world, right? Okay, awesome. So let's actually get into the practicality of this and show you what we're talking about. Okay. Can you see the product there, Dan? Yes, I can. Okay, great. So, Talking about some of those downsides of technology, right? Let's go through those and, and show you how technology um, can act. We can actually overcome that with good technology. So information overload. 
So one of the things that we uh, think a lot about here at Obi is the different formats of information and knowledge that you can codify within your organization. So, you know, talking very um, specifically about our product, uh, within Obi, we've built a native wiki functionality, and this allows you to create um, and document long form knowledge. So like your traditional knowledge base or wiki. And this is great for policies, procedures, um, sharing know-how, know-why, information and knowledge that needs more context, right? But we recognize that this isn't the only format that may be um, effective when leveraging technology um, in your culture of knowledge sharing. So that's why with Obi, we actually have built another native format of information. We call that format FAQs. And it's exactly as it sounds, it's simple QA format. These FAQs are optimized for speed. And what I mean by that is by design, uh, they're very lightweight and, and simple. So you can't add a lot of special formatting. It's a thousand characters uh, max. And this is so that the knowledge seeker is simply only getting what they need out of that information, which is just the answer. And so there is applications for both of these different types of formats, and, and there are plenty other different types of formats. So we just want uh, you to be mindful of, of the different applications of these different formats within your organization. So I'm sure you have project management tools, issue trackers, um, service desks, document management platforms, all of these tools have their place and have their jobs um, that they're very good at solving. And so they should be treated as such. Um, and that's why with a product like Obi, we actually integrate with some of those tools. And I will, I will talk a lot more about that uh, um, in a minute. But on the other sort of downside of technology, um, I mentioned, which is sort of division and ensuring accuracy and longevity in knowledge. That's a difficult problem to solve, right? And so there's some things you can do with the existing out-of-the-box solutions that you have. Uh, some things to think about are documenting the contributors of that knowledge. If you can have a historical record of who's sharing and updating uh, that information, great. That's built into some tools. Um, We've talked about the company GitLab uh, in this webinar series a lot. They have really done a phenomenal job leading sort of the, the charge of remote work and building that handbook for first culture that they talk about. And their entire uh, wiki or knowledge base, whatever you want to call it, is publicly facing and everyone within the organization has access to this. Now, they do that through their product, GitLab, which has... Um, a wiki feature built in, and it has uh, tracking of who is contributing to those different repositories at any time. So that's an example of something built into a product, but you could also just document this manually within the, the header footer of, of, let's say, a Google Doc. Um, having the sort of contributors um, in that information metadata as well is, is a bonus. With modern knowledge tools, though, um, like Obi, there are some pretty cool uh, technology that will help this uh, go one step further. So with a product like Obi, we have a feature called content verification. And what this does is it will notify what we call verifiers who are assigned to specific knowledge. Uh, let them know that that information is getting out of date, 
And so that that verifier can go in and adequately update that information or give that verified stamp of approval. And then those knowledge seekers, the folks that are, are actually interfacing with that knowledge, they get more metadata and sort of a visual scale of degradation uh, when they're you know, servicing that knowledge to, to understand whether or not they can trust it. So some tools have um, even more advanced mechanisms to ensure accuracy of information, which is really a cool step in the right direction for knowledge technology. Um, and you also want to be making sure that you're sharing not just information and static knowledge, but the context, the know-how, the know-why, which is why we mentioned that it's great to have at least somewhere in your stack a long-form uh, format of knowledge so you can actually provide the context um, behind the information that you're sharing uh, if needed in that application. Uh, and then lastly, on sort of the downsides of technology in terms of time wasting, I'm sure this is top of mind for uh, any professional within their organization. We like to sort of err on the side of caution when we're talking to folks about the systems that are out there and available. There are so many tools that you can leverage. Um, and I'm thinking you know, specifically about intranets and social media type um, systems built for internal organizations. The tricky part about some of these systems is they have a value proposition that suggests they're fun to use, they're, you know, the, the tool that employees are going to want to go to at work. And you just have to be careful that it's not a black box of productivity where they're using the same psychological mechanisms that our modern social media tools are using to get people to spend their time in there. Right. It's important that at least from where, where we're looking, um, knowledge technology is there to provide fast, accurate access to answers, knowledge, and documentation with your organization, not be yet another place to spend or, dare I say, waste time at work. Now, um, sort of switching gears here to another side of technology I sort of just alluded to uh, is accessibility. So I wanted to spend some time talking about accessibility and the role of technology there. So this sort of uh, snapshot in time looks a lot different than let's say five or 10 years ago where creating accessibility around knowledge and information was simply making it digital. Right, going from folders and binders and filing cabinets to putting it anywhere um, that's accessible online. But now there's really an endless uh, possibility of where knowledge and information can live within your organization, right? So you see some of these tools here that OB integrates with are I'm sure uh, um, systems that you have within your organization where knowledge uh, can live. Um, and in addition to that, tools that we're using as sort of like the work operating system for communication, like Slack or Microsoft Teams, uh, these are places where knowledge lives and often, unfortunately, goes to die uh, as well. And so um, the reason I bring that up is there are some tools in the market, OB being one of them, that enable a pretty unique uh, advantage uh, when when talking about accessibility to knowledge and information, which is what we call silo search. So what I mean by that is um, OB has uh, a browser extension, 
for example, so that users can access knowledge from within that flow of work at the point of need, wherever they may be in their, in their workflow. And you can simply query OB and that silo search functionality is searching knowledge that's documented directly within OB's native formats of knowledge, but at the same time, searching other silos that OB integrates with, like Google Drive, and in this case, uh, Confluence, for example. So this is very technical, and it is, you know, I am using OB as an example. There are other tools that do sort of enterprise search and discovery type functionality, and I would encourage you to think about having that type of functionality in your knowledge stack so that you're creating less places at least to go to to have to find information. Um, if you can't uh, go with something like this that can search across multiple sources, just being mindful about introducing less silos is a good practice to think about um, in, in the technology stacks that you do have. Getting back down to maybe brass tacks and things that you can do for free and, and using technology that you already have. Uh, we've adopted uh, some pretty strict design principles when building OB um, around sort of content hierarchies. So um, what I mean by that is don't bury information. So if you're using Google Drive, if you're using Dropbox, if you're using Confluence or any other wiki or document management platform, try and think really deeply about how you're organizing and storing knowledge and documentation. So in the example of the OB Wiki, um, our sort of organization mechanism is called books. So this is a book, I'm going into a book and within a book you can have chapters and pages. And well, by design, you actually can't have multiple chapters within chapters within these books. And so you can do this, you can follow this best practice within Google Drive or, or Dropbox or what have you, and think about maybe not making that top level folder department anymore, but making it a project or a topic uh, or a function within your organization. Um, so that if your users are actually interfacing with this knowledge and having to find it through sort of a graphical interface like this, they aren't spending, uh, wasting time, you know, digging through folders in order to find it. So that's a, a nice little tip and trick that, uh, that we, uh, we adopt here at OB. Um, and you also want to think about permissioning and sort of how you're democratizing. We talk a lot about this in part one and part two, right? This is not a, a one person job to own, um, creating and instilling this culture of knowledge management within your organization. I'm pointing to GitLab again as that gold standard of an organization who's really done an incredible job at making this uh, ubiquitous across the entire organization and making it very open. Well, leverage permission structures built into these existing knowledge tools that you might have to uh, have people own particular knowledge and you know, alleviate that burden from a few onto hopefully many uh, across your organization um, uh, to create that culture of knowledge sharing. Uh, and then lastly, in, on, in terms of accessibility is um, making sure knowledge is available in the flow of work, right? So um, with OB and tools like OB, it is a lot easier to bring 
knowledge into that into the flow of work and at the point of need. So I'll, I'll show you one example. If, if, if you're an organization that leverages a product like Slack or a tool like Slack for communication, I'm sure you have channels that are hosts for common questions, right? So if I were to say, hey all, does anyone know how to promote a user to admin? So, right, so I'm just asking my colleagues a question openly, I might add, which is I think a really important distinction is you wanna create sort of these open lines of, of communication to encourage knowledge sharing. But with tools like Obi and other artificial intelligence, we can start to literally bring answers, documentation and knowledge where questions happen and where work actually happens. So this is a feature we call uh, OB Suggest within our product that can automatically suggest knowledge that lives either directly within our knowledge base or anything you've connected third party to OB to deflect issues uh, before they happen. And then if we take this back to some of the habit creation we've been talking about throughout the webinar series around, um, you want to um, instill this this culture within your teams by actually showing them that you're doing it, well, you can invoke OB in many different ways. So within Slack, for example, you can you know, use keywords or natural language search and pull up knowledge. And then this allows you to easily share it with colleagues right here within that existing workflow. And what that does is it says, oh, Chris is actually leading by example here by sharing knowledge, being more open and communicative um, with the entire organization. Before I head out here of Slack, I just wanted to show you one other um, really important thing, right? So we talked about silos and knowledge getting stuck in all of these different platforms. And so you want to think about codifying resolutions that occur. Uh, obviously, with tools like Obi, we make it really, really easy, but you don't need a tool like Obi. Um, so if you have these interactions where questions get asked, and then ultimately that knowledge, those answers are found, you want to make sure that that's documented somewhere. And what a lot of our customers have told us is Slack isn't really a great place to search for that information. It is a great place to collaborate and communicate, but it's not really a great knowledge base. So with Obi, you can actually just hover over these interactions and quickly codify those resolutions. Obi gives you the opportunity to clean that data up, classify it, add your verifiers accordingly, and then submit that to the knowledge base. So then the next time the question gets asked, Obi has the answer. And again, leading by example, we can share that knowledge publicly and, and share the fact that, hey, this is, this is us codifying our knowledge and, and creating this one source of truth for answers within the organization. And uh, lastly, but definitely not least, the benefit of technology is really you don't have to do all of this manually, uh, right? A lot of these things I'm sharing today um, are advanced with certain products, but I'm hopefully sharing some tips you can use with existing technology. Uh, with a product like Obi, though, you can leverage insights and analytics to actually track, you know, uh, data, questions asked, roadblocks, uh, bottlenecks, engagement on your organization's knowledge. 
And these are actionable insights that can drive real business results. Um, and so the, this is really the most important thing. You can do this manually, by the way. We talk to a lot of customers that have processes in which they're doing this manually. They're, they're scraping Slack channels and they're putting it into spreadsheets and manipulating data. And honestly, that's phenomenal. It's, it's really... Um, it's really important to be able to quantify this problem within your organization to motivate people uh, on, on how important of a problem this is to solve. So that's it. I hope, I hope that uh, uh, everyone enjoyed the technology component of uh, today's webinar. I'm happy to pause there and, and take any questions um, that, that may be um, uh, floating around everyone's head. You can use the chat to post those questions and I can answer them publicly. Um, and if not, no worries, we will send all of these recordings, as I mentioned, as a follow-up um, in, in the email to come. Thank you so much, everybody.